mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to Canopy. .co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I, I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. Uh, it's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums, and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact, mm. they have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back, no questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. Through our journey and our experience, we've become more hopeful. We've become more optimistic. We've realized at our age, we're not invisible, that we have meaning and that we have many things to offer. It's like... We made history together. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues with another 100% correct and accurate prediction about 
tonight's women tell all being the greatest <laughs> women tell all that we've ever seen. That was my prediction. I said, I thought it would be the greatest women tell all in history. And I believe it is. I believe that prediction was accurate after seeing what we have seen tonight. That's called manifestation, baby. Oh, uh, well, whatever you call it tonight blew my mind. I, you know what? There was another accurate prediction. Oh yeah. We did make a prediction in our live that was literally accurate. Please. Mm -hmm. We'll get to it when it happens. Okay. We'll get to it when it happens. That'll be a little teaser to yes. keep listening. Uh, but before we get to any of it, we, of course, are going to be breaking down the Women Tell All. We, of course, are going to be breaking down that BIP Season 9 episode that we got tonight. But before we get to any of that, we do have a little bit of business. Right now, we got a holiday ornament, a.k.a. a gornament, that you can get at mm -hmm. gameofroses.co. And if you're on our Patreon, if you're in the pit with us, you can get 10% off. No. $10 off that gornament. We never know what it is. Oh, no. I ruined your math now, too. No, you didn't. I got the math. It's this. You get... It's a virus. You get $10 off anything in our Etsy store, I believe, uh, which essentially pays for your first month of our Patreon. So if you've thought about giving it a try, now is that time. If you want to get a piece of merch as well, uh, you can offset the cost of your first month of that Patreon if you want to get a piece of merch, that's all. Another way to offset the cost is think about all of the value that you're going to get when you are peacocking in the merch. That's true. You're going to get smiles. You're going to get high fives. You're going to get finger points. Have you gotten that? That's good as gold. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sure. I've never talked to a pit person when I've been in Gore merch, but yeah. I'm wearing it out and about. So okay. it's uh, it, it's a matter of time. It's yeah, not time. I agree. It's a matter of time. I agree. I agree with that. I have another piece of business clues. Please. I've been remiss to give this piece of business for a few weeks now, but we have new seasons on HBO Lax. We are doing Gilded Age season two mm. and the fall of the house of Usher. Nice. On Netflix. Gilded Age is on HBO Max. Max. Now. Yeah. Just Max. Don't mess that up again. They worked very hard on that rebrand. Go go check us out. HBO Lax. Uh, incredible seasons of both shows. One is really scary and one is just like um, Downton Abbey. It's the same creator, <laughs> but it's 1880s in America. Fantastic. Everybody should check that out. And uh, now we got our business out of the way. Let's do what we came here to do, Pace Case. And now, Pace Case and Bachelor Clues proudly present analysis of play in this week of our beloved game, this is Game of Roses. All right, we're starting out here. This is the seventh episode of Golden Bachelor, Women Tell All. Everything is historic. Everything historic. And we're going to get the conclusion of that hometown rose ceremony. Again, everything historic. We open this by seeing uh, the same footage we saw last week with Gary sobbing out in front of the mansion. He's unable to perform his final duties in this rose ceremony. And DLP then asked him what he wants to do. And he says... I know what I want to do. I just don't want to do it. And then we begin this episode. And I just want to say... It's a great line. It was fantastic. All of his lines, all night long. Fantastic. I just want to say that this episode, this woman to all, shoots over many, many, many hours. This is not airing live. This is fully edited. And what you saw tonight, mm -hmm. we have to uh, discuss this, I think, right up top. 
Two things. One, massive amounts of creative editing in the Women Tell All to condense time. And I'll pick out some very specific points where it became brutally obvious. There was one where like it cut from people in the audience. I would not say brutally. I did not notice. <laughs> oh, shit. There was one where, where people were holding up signs in the audience that had like close-ups of them like Golden Bachelor, Golden Bachelor. Then it cut to the big wide shot as Gary was walking out. No one's holding up a sign. <laughs> It was like clearly footage that they had shot before and they're just cutting it in. Whatever, fine. Also, yeah. we have to note that Golden Bachelor went longer than an hour. It was about an hour and 10, 15 minutes. That did cause me to panic because I couldn't start watching it right when I thought it had ended airing, mm -hmm. which was very dramatic. 14 extra minutes, 15 extra minutes? Something like that. And so this is a decision made at the network level. ABC says, let's see if we can start giving you a little more golden and a little less paradise. Paradise was not a two hour episode. We're going to shower a little golden, a little sprinkle. They made the decision at the network level to say, let's get rid of a little bit of paradise and move it over to golden bachelor. This is a slow move. It was experimental. Did you miss it from paradise? Hell no. No one did. <laughs> You could have given me three hours of this woman tell all. I would have been fine with that. Oh, my God. I know. I, I don't think anyone cared that Paradise was gone. I mean, we'll get to Paradise. J just massive producing problems all over this episode. Still some incredible fucking play. Jesus Christ. The players they have on this Paradise are, I think they will be, unfortunately, uh, forgotten largely. I think that much of their play will be overlooked in the history of Paradise. And it's unfortunate because there are players putting in I mean, astounding all-star performances that could go down in history with some of the greatest Paradise players ever. But because no one's watching it, it's just no one cares. Uh, nonetheless, we care and we will be addressing it. I'm watching it, Clues. I care. What Olivia is doing in this season is fucking magic. I've never seen anything quite like it. We shall bear witness. Uh, indeed. To Olivia dominating. I mean... It's unfucking believable I've never seen anything quite like it, really. Uh... Nonetheless, we will get to it. Let's begin with Golden. So, portion one begins. Live in the studio, DLP emerges. All these signs are coming out. Stay Golden, Gary. A uh, lot of audience members in like gold sparkly tones as well. Very well done here. You can see then behind DLP for the first time in one of the first two or three shots, Aaron B. and Sam Jeffries are in the audience. They are never referred to. You see them in one other shot a little more clearly, but here in this shot, you can see them kind of blurry in the background. It doesn't look like anybody else from Paradise is there. So it's just them, I guess. But again, never referred to. Guaranteed, they were referred to on the day, just not in the edit. So that little part mm -hmm. is cut out, deemed not important. And perhaps that's true. They're like, we'll announce the poop baby in Paradise, not during this women tell all. Yeah, probably. It probably had something to do with that. Uh, DLP then tells us that this has been a heartfelt emotional roller coaster that's captured the heart of America. He teases that we're going to get to see what's going to happen at that hometown rose ceremony. And then the woman who gets eliminated is going to join us on stage. We cut then to Gary in his dressing room. He's getting ready. But first, 22 women who lived rich and deep lives stepped out of a limo on the first night, each hoping to fall in love with Gary. Now, DLP is sitting down. So it goes from DLP standing up, Didn't notice. addressing the audience, to uh, a shot of the women on stage as he's saying these 22 women. Then we cut to, he's sitting down with his legs crossed. <laughs> it's like magically teleporting around into different positions. This was one of the weirdest edits of the night, in my opinion. DLP then introduces the players who made it to the stage. Every one of these women 
is showing younger players how it is done in these introductions. Nothing understated here. Mm -hmm. They are all getting the absolute most out of what they know might be their last screen time ever. With each of their introductions, they are blowing kisses. April fucking at one point stands up. They're cheersing like it's a pageant. It's like, unbelievable. They are the, the queens. I fucking loved these intros. Absolutely. Uh, we see Patty, Patty James, Pamela, who uh, issued a fantastic faceplate to open this in her introduction. It was almost my faceplate of the game. Almost. It was... It was my runner-up. Me too. We've got... I did take a picture. As did I. We've got Marina. <laughs> we just have this graveyard of almost face plays of the week in our telephones. I mean, I la I say that. My phone is filled. The Apple Store person was very impressed with how much of my phone had been filled with photos. I've been going back through my pictures to try and like weed out some stuff. I literally, every episode of Bachelor, Bachelorette, when I was doing heavy memes, 3,000 pictures on my TV screen. Literally... It's like the entire episode in still frames. At any rate, um, we see Pamela with her face play, Marina, uh, Christina, Natasha, Joan, Nancy, Edith, April stands up, gives the heart hands emojis and starts pointing to the fourth audience, points to everybody in the audience and to the fucking camera. Genius. Kathy does a zip it motion with her fucking Ugh. lips, calling back her fucking catchphrase. Iconic. Sandra, Susan, Ellen. There's only 13 players here out of 22 total. Three are still in game. So you've got 16. Can we wait? We skip Natasha pointing to her chair earrings. Oh, God. Yes. To reference her line about how they should have gotten chairs in the rose ceremony. Yeah. I feel like we should have highlighted this more. I loved Kathy doing the zip it. We get Sandra doing her like calming thing. They've mm -hmm. all got their signature gestures. I did think, okay. Ellen not doing a pickleball swing for her opening was my <laughs> error, 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 error of the game. Oh my God. Okay. Felt like such a missed opportunity. Yeah. I, I found no errors here. Later, I'm going to be giving my first uh, anti error, error acknowledgement play. And uh, that's a play mind. of the game. No, I had a different play of the game. The opposite of an error is a play of the game. Agree to disagree. <laughs> uh, so okay. only 13 <laughs> players here made it to the final stage. And we don't know what happened to the other ones. Like I said, there are three players still in the game. Uh, but there are four players who were not present here who I can't even tell you who they were. But um, I can tell you who one was. Who's that? Sweet Nums' best friend, Renee. Oh, right. Yeah, interesting. I wonder why. Justice for Renee. We'll never know. But DLP then throws to Sandra. She leads everybody in her deep breath fuck it meditation. Then he intros the recap reel. This recap reel is usually boring as hell, but this is just as good the <laughs> second time as it was the first to see all this. Uh, it starts on Kathy's villain edit. Her head is in the box, hiding in shame. She's like, oh, no, you can already tell. She's uh, setting up an apology redemption here, and we're going to get that later. And it ends with this kind of sense of support sisterhood montage. So we're we're beginning this on a high note. It's We're feeling good. We're remembering like, fuck, the season has been great. Back to the studio, DLP throws to Susan for what it was like uh, for the first question of the night. All women tells, all men tells, open with this. DLP will throw to one player and say, what was it like on night one? She got the DLP. 
Yeah. The Dark Lord's preference. Yeah. Uh, and she leads with a fucking <laughs> dick joke. Home run. She says, my son was so upset with my me saying the whole thing about six inches. I should have said eight. It's a home run. Loller skates. This is your leadoff batter. Fucking first pitch, fastball, right down the center of the plate. Boom. 450-foot home run. Susan was a star in this episode. Unbelievable. Absolutely. And let me tell you something. As I'm watching this, and I'm thinking to myself, how do you get these players into paradise? Because you need them in paradise. Clearly now the, the network realizes that. They're starting to give time from paradise to Golden. Why not give players from Golden to Paradise? Next year, yeah. you have Susan. You have Kathy. Maybe Ellen. Maybe uh, Sandra would be good. Natasha would be good. You just have them in Paradise. They don't have to date, or maybe they will, but they don't have to. They can just be there sipping fucking drinks and doing the colorful narration for everybody because the colorful narration... They're the bartenders. Could be the bartenders, but I wouldn't even relegate them to that. I would have them out amongst the players, interacting with them and shit. I think you could have a small group of golden players from this season in paradise. And again, they're not like there to get roses and shit. They're just there to provide commentary, advice. Here's what you should do in this situation. Here's what you do in this situation. And then maybe you do get somebody like a Braden Bowers. Why don't they get to date? They can, certainly. I think it's on the table. I'm just saying that they wouldn't have to be... You don't think they should do a separate Golden Sand? Um, well, that requires you to go through a whole season of Golden Bachelorette, pick those guys out. Mm -hmm. I guess you could. I guess you could wait for it. But then it's like, what are you, you're going to air Golden Paradise at the same time as regular Paradise? We should keep up with these characters. Yes. I think you can insert them mm -hmm. into other franchise shows in ways that don't necessarily mean they have to date the younger players. And I'm fine if that happens. I'm just saying it doesn't necessarily have to be the case. You can have these players still in your franchise shows in other capacities. Yeah. They absolutely should because literally half of them are stars. Exactly. One such star is April. DLP asked her about kissing, knowing her grandchildren are watching. Nancy says she... Her kids got a new perspective, seeing her as a single woman instead of a mom. And DLP gives Sandra his pick, his play of the entire tournament, her IFI in the pickleball tournament. No. Diving into the crowd. Uh, oh, I thought you were talking about April's IFI. Sorry. Yeah, that was my play of the game. Sandra diving into the crowd on that pickleball thing. And then right after that. I want to say April's was mine. He bring. I, I think remember. it was <laughs> after that. He brings up April's IFI, and uh, we now get that about half the players knew it was fake. Half did not. Half of our learning there on the stage that she completely faked this. Um, and then DLP goes right for it. The Teresa Kathy rivalry. This was kind of the biggest, or I should say, the closest they got to like a true villain edit this season was out of this rivalry. And Kathy says, in the moment, they're all dating one man, uh, and I'm a straight shooter. And uh, Susan says, yep, and you got a big heart. She jumps in here to back her up. Susan's jumping in left and right. Susan is a part of every conversation. I loved it. But it also was like not just to be in the conversation. It was to say, we're all sisters here. I got your back. I know mm -hmm. they gave you kind of a villain edit, but you got a big heart, and I want everybody to know that. It's this, and Golden Bachelor's doing this better than any show ever has in this franchise. 
they really are presenting these women as sisters in this fucking exceedingly rare experience that at this point, they're the only people on the planet who have done this. Yeah. The golden bachelor, you know, yeah, it was just beautifully done. But uh, Kathy basically says she should have been more delicate and maybe they both should have zipped it, including herself. And she says it was with, uh, it was in the moment. Got it in there. And it's over. Teresa knows that too. And she's like, this show's about love, but it's also about hope and friendship and what life offers all of us. They each have these just one line pitches of what the show is and why it's so fucking good. Absolutely brilliant. It's beautiful. Portion two, we see a <laughs> sign that says squad goals and it's pictures of the Askin crew and uh, DLP intros this reel that's about cooking. And basically it's about Susan getting farts from what she is blaming Edith guacamole. <laughs> However, Edith is saying no, never happened. And some people are saying it's the meatballs. Uh, but we, we don't, we don't ever come to the bottom of this. And DLP brings up, I keep hearing the word hope from you all. And Natasha goes, as a pro-aging life coach, we've lived life, you know, life be lifing. She was just, oh, she was crushing it. She had them locked and loaded, ready to go. Ready. And and she's like certifying her credits first to be speaking, which is always something you want to do in the women tell. You go as her roommate or as a doctor or whatever. Marina gives this 22 to 102 women are powerful and DLP says, Susan, I have something especially for you. And it is this Chris Jenner video where Chris is basically saying, I love you, Susan. You nailed it doll. And Chris Jenner was my. Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno. Bystander of the week. She got Susan to produce tears. I wish she had shown up in person, but. Hmm. Do you think they could have got her in person? I'm sure they tried. Interesting. Um, I found this to be. I mean, really, it's just one more indicator of how fucking powerful the season was. Yeah. I don't know when the last time the Kardashians were like, would publicly talk about The Bachelor. They're fans of the show, and I think it did happen back in the early, early days. Um, yeah, you know when it was? It huh. was uh, Maddie Prue hanging out at Kylie Jenner's place or something. Yes. It was one of those Pilot Pete girls. Yeah, I think it was Madison Prue It was hanging out with them. Anyway, this Kardashian thing is astounding because you have the matriarch of the biggest reality TV franchise in the history of reality television saying, I love this show. Not only I love this show, I love you, this player who everyone says looks like me because we have the same haircut. And then she says, I love your haircut. This is just one of those moments where it's like a, an injection of um, relevance back into yeah. this franchise that it sorely needed. It's a Kardashian blessing over the whole thing. Absolutely correct. You're looking at Zach Shawcross this season. They got uh, Sean Lowe to bless it by paying him money, and mm. <laughs> that's fine. I'm not. I'm not knocking Goldini. Goldini is, I mean, the best bachelor maybe that has ever lived, at least in terms of uh, the outcome of his season. However, he's not Chris Jenner. 
and to have this is just it's unbelievable and it's in a women tell all god sean lowe is definitely not chris jenner (laughs) it was it was beautiful to see it felt like uh they they do deserve this yeah the the golden players i agree DLP then teases a Joan Vasos hot seat coming up in portion three, and he does bring her up, and we get the Vasos reel. We see everything she did in the game, and then uh, Vasos has a little minor tear play when we come back to the studio. Not sobbing. We saw some some bigger tears come later, but Joan basically says she had unfinished business because she had to leave um, early, obviously, because her daughter had postpartum depression. Everything is fine now, she assures us. But Gary was exactly as she thought he'd be, she says, understanding. She saw a glimpse of uh, one more great thing about him, and she left uh, feeling for the first time that she saw a future with somebody. DLP then asked her if she stayed. She thinks it might have worked out. And she says, yeah, they had a chance. He looked. He, she says, he looked at me and uh, saw her, and society makes older women feel like they are in the backseat to the next generation, but he didn't make her feel that way, and she thought a few times that maybe she would come home and find him sitting there on her front porch waiting. Uh, God, that's rough. Uh, uh, she doesn't know how this game works. I thought she was going to... I thought she was going to be my MVP after this. I was like, she crushed it. Oh, my God. Producing tears, the, like feeling invisible at more invisible as you're growing older thing. Like I thought that was such a good theme. Absolutely. Incredible. It's, it really is like as, as corny as this may fucking sound reality television does have the power to like shift things in our culture. Um, Mm -hmm. And I, I think this actually is going to do that a little bit for older people. I think it already has started. Yeah. I mean, they've become stars, you know? I've talked to so many people who have talked about how this has affected how they see, like, aging and dating. Yes, absolutely. And, I like, at its best, that's what reality TV does. It it changes society in a positive way, if possible. You know what I mean? I know there's a lot of bad shit. Mm -hmm. Launches the conversation. Yeah. And it's just like, I think it's important to remember that there's a lot of bad stuff in reality TV. And I do think that it has, in some cases, negative impact on society at large. But here, I don't think that's the case. I think this show really is overall incredibly positive. I agree. Portion four, uh, DLP reminds us about uh, that there were our final three that's coming later and Ellen gets the second heartbreak hot seat. There's a sign that says, Ellen, can my grandpa take you out to dinner? <laughs> you And we see her heartbreak reel and DLP says, all of Bachelor Nation was pulling for your happiness and she talks about one of the most emotional times of her life. She loved the way he treated her and DLP brings up her love level three and she has gratitude for Gary knowing she's worthy she says, I can't wait to get started. And then we talk about Roberta. And, oh, God. Ellen says she couldn't wait to watch the first episode with Roberta. And when she got, but when she got back from filming, she was in a semi-coma. And she finally said, I don't want you to suffer. And then she said, we're going to watch the show just from different places. And I started sobbing. This, uh... PTC was a poem. It was my play of the game and it was Mm -hmm. perfectly done. Obviously this is tragic 
and uh, a horribly sad story. But the way she tells it not only develops sympathy, uh, Roberta was already a part of her story from night one. And now she's concluding that story here. And she's talking about how they were sisters, the line about we're going to watch the show just from different places. She then relates it all back to the show you're watching. I just don't know that there can be a PTC like this ever again. It it was incredible. Like, I, I don't even know how really to describe it. And everybody in that audience produces tear play from this. I imagine everybody at home watching did as well. It was just staggeringly powerful. Case, case. Confirmed. <laughs> I texted with my friend who I used to watch it with when we were in like middle school and high school together. And she sent me a picture of her self crying. I'm telling you. Uh about Roberta. This this was one of our predictions when we were talking about Golden Bachelor coming out was that the PTCs were going to be unlike anything we've ever seen. And I think that has mm-hmm. borne out to be exactly true. I mean, this shit is just like when people are like at that phase of their life, everything is just like more important, more serious, you know? Uh, yeah, this was a, a, a... It's also like, this is going to sound corny, but it's like the Bachelor doesn't just make the relationships that are on the show. It makes relationships between people who bond over watching the show, which is like how we became friends. Absolutely. That's us. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Without this show, there we have never talked to each other about The Bachelor. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine? <laughs> can you imagine if like The Bachelor just never came up in that writer's room? It's so fucking crazy. No. <laughs> well... Honestly, I brought it up in every workplace that I No, I know. I, I know. In, so I can't picture that. Impossible. But yes. Same. Same. <laughs> same and saying. I understand, but you know what I mean. If like if, yeah. if for some reason it just hadn't happened, you know. Yes. But no, you're right. Maybe it, it had to have happened. That's the dark energy of the pit. <laughs> some of my closest friends, we are talking about housewives vanderpump etc constantly absolutely and when i meet someone at a party and they speak that language i feel instantly like we're best friends (laughs) so i at least feel instantly like oh i can talk to this person for seven hours (laughs) you know (laughs) i don't have to now entertain the idea that i'm having fun at this party i can just corner this person and it'll be fine (laughs) they bring up the bachelor (laughs) you start a timer on your watch and seven hours starts yeah (laughs) (laughs) basically at any rate fantastic PTC here for these reasons Ellen's Roberta PTC was also my play 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 of the game I was literally sobbing I could not keep watching (laughs) Yeah, DLP was fucking crying. Oh, I wrote that here. DLP tears. I dark. We haven't written that before. Tears, dark tears. Did DLH ever produce real tears? You know when he produced tears, it was at the what the montage for him. Yes, it was at the season twenty three three hour premiere. They said if if this we're sending out an Instagram post. If this post, it was live. If this post gets 10,000 likes, we'll show you extra footage. (laughs) Then it in quotes, got 10,000 likes. And then the extra footage was this like uh, career montage of dark Lord Harrison. It was just like a (laughs) tribute to him. And that made him shed tears. (laughs) See, They've been tricking us like they did with the cruise ship things for so long. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) At any rate, we move on. 
Uh, DLP produces these tears, and then oh, then um, Roberta's daughter Courtney is there, and Courtney says, "Thanks for showing us what true friendship and loyalty look like. You were the best friend you could have asked for, and you deserve to find love and the world." I'm literally, I cannot even describe this. Yeah. Courtney. It was so good and powerful. And like, obviously this is the best woman to all ever. Absolutely. Uh, Roberta's daughter, Courtney, was my... Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno, bystander of the week. It was just another piece of this. And this is producerial. It really, to me, looked like Ellen didn't even realize she was there. I don't know if Ellen was acting. It seemed like genuine surprise to me. Oh, I don't know. Uh, at any rate, a great decision to have her there and a great decision to include this in the edit, obviously. Yes. It's again with the whole sisterhood thing, his sisterhood theme, which I love. It was like a perfect segment of a tell-all. Literally perfect. This is like the bar. If you're going to produce a segment for a tell-all, this is, in my opinion, the highest level of, of that that we've ever seen. We get the next portion, couple Gary signs, when Gary cries, we all cry, and we get Gary chants, and Gary comes out for the third hot seat. He says, I haven't had a heart attack yet. Sorry, this is where they cut those uh, signs. There are a bunch of people holding up those signs you're talking about. Then the very next mm. cut, it goes from somebody holding a sign up to the very next cut is a wide shot of the entire audience. And everybody's just sitting there with no signs <laughs> standing as Gary's coming out. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, ma'am. Yes. <laughs> yes. This is a win. It's not. It's the pit. This is what we do. <laughs> I haven't done this in so long. I was so good. If I can't fucking scrutinize the edit, then I can't watch a TV show. All right. Uh, we then see uh, Gary loves seeing women. Marina s says, "Are there any more men in Indiana like yourself?" And Sandra says, "You made me more motivated to find my guy." Joan wishes the best for him. And Ellen says, thank you for making me feel like a princess and confidence to find love. And Gary says, you know, you have that huge smile and you represent the thinking of women that we've become more hopeful and optimistic and not invisible. And we have made history together so much to be proud of. Chills. I, I just wrote in all caps, correct, correct. That's what this is. It is fucking history. And everybody involved in it, I think, has so much to be proud of. You, I literally don't think, and I don't know what the finale is going to be, almost doesn't matter to me. Um, what has been turned in so far this season, and again, we're what, one, no, two episodes left, um, has been incredible. Yeah. Almost no missteps. And even the ones that are, are like forgivable. They're not like that bad. It's like, in my opinion. What do you mean? Alan not doing the pickleball gesture. Oh, sorry. I forgot about that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is like season 18 of The Bachelor all over again. Um, 
I just think that it is, uh, it's so well done. And the fact that your lead recognizes it is historic and then puts that into the document itself. Mm -hmm. There's like a self-awareness of all of these players about what this show is and that they're on a show that is done in a way that doesn't break for TRR. It actually helps it. It's like acknowledging that this is a real moment for these people coming into this brand new thing. Gary knows that this entire franchise is riding on his shoulders. He's fucking aware of that. Mm -hmm. All of these women are like, this is fucking crazy. I can't believe I'm feeling these feelings. It, it just kind of like, to me, reset the the four trr ness of the show because by season mm -hmm. you know we're in uh, coming up season 28 of bachelor coming up season 21 of bachelorette there ain't no realness in any of that we all know they're acting we yeah. all know they're playing a game do you think it's possible to have a four trr season of young people um i think yes you'd have to screw with the game mechanic in some way you'd, you'd have to come up with something that would guarantee it and i don't know what that is but I think it exists. I will think of it eventually. I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna keep that little faucet on in my brain. They're all Amish. Well, that's kind of like what Love Is Blind tried to do. Never seen The Bachelor. If you can get two people to fall in love without seeing each other, it almost is like, well, then it has to be real. If you take that element out of it, even though it's not, we know that you know they've got ringers in there. They got people following each other in there to date. All kinds of shit is popping off now in season five. It only took five seasons to get to like the functionality of the the mechanic is starting to break down a little bit. But God, I can't wait for the next season. Uh, well, yeah, I don't know. Have they already shot it? I don't know if they've shot it yet. They might have already shot it, and then it won't be influenced by what happened, obviously, in season five. I think it might take till season seven before we start to see that. But at any rate... It's like the Supreme Court. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. The cast of uh, Love is Blind is like the Supreme Court. But I, I do think that um, you could maybe do it with young players again. But just from the premise of this, like it's just so ever present in everything they're doing. And that's like what we want to see as an audience is people going in and be like, holy shit, I'm in this weird TV show, this incredible experience. And I am like starting to have fucking feelings for this guy, but also all these women mm -hmm. are my sisters. It all seems so fucking real that they're acknowledging that it's a TV show and a unique experience that is never acknowledged in uh, the younger versions in Bachelor and Bachelorette. In fact, if you acknowledge it as a player, you're seen as for the wrong reasons. She's talking about how she's just on here for a TV show. And I think if they leaned more heavily into that, let players have open conversations about the fact that they're in a TV show, I think that would help the 4TRR of it. I, I do. Hmm. At any rate. I think you also, um, at least for Bachelor in Paradise, once players get off Bachelor or Bachelorette, you isolate them and lock them up until Bachelor in Paradise films. I think that's the uh, wrongful imprisonment lawsuit that Love is Blind is now facing that you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know if you can do Look, that. I thought we were just yeah. spitballing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying kidnap anyone. <laughs> okay, just to be sure. Uh, all right, so back in the studio, um, we get DLP... Oh, sorry, DLP at the end of that teases that... Uh, DLP asks, sorry, I'm just going back to my notes. Now. I got so riled up about that. DLP asks him um, about leaving the hometown. And he says, Gary says he had more than one emotional reaction. He had a physical reaction that felt like an elephant sitting on his chest uh, when he walked out of the rose ceremony. Sorry, the hometown rose ceremony. And then DLP teases the next portion is going to be the conclusion of that rose ceremony. 
and the hot seat with the women or with the woman that he's going to reject. Then we're back in the studio. Uh, Gary DLP tells us Gary had to go backstage. He's going to come out and join us in a few minutes. That's so that we can get this cliffhanger. And then we're going to get a hot seat with the person he rejects. So we're back now mm. in the document. Gary's doubled over. Faith ITM's nervous. So she wants to be conf- confident, but her stomach's doing somersaults. Gary tells DLP he knows what he wants to do. He just doesn't want to do it. That's the thing we open the show with. Again, they're they're waiting until basically the beginning of the third act to show us the the cliffhanger that they open it with. Just really brilliantly done all season. Faith gets another ITM about the dual love level four and how it made her feel on top of the world. But she's scared of what she could lose here. She doesn't uh, just stop loving somebody that she's loved. He comes back to the rose ceremony, says it's really tough, picks up that final rose. 30 seconds here of dramatic cutting. 30 seconds. And it fucking worked. I was biting my nails in every one of the seconds. Usually in a rose ceremony, I'm like, Jesus Christ, get to it. The shit felt real. His decision felt hard. Their uh, investment in him felt real. He was like dry heaving. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, so he returns. Ugh. Says really tough. Picks up that rose. The dramatic cutting. And then we get Teresa. I would not have guessed this. Teresa gets the second rose. No, I did not anticipate this at all. He had love level forward, both Faith and FEMA. So it, I was shocked. Um, I was too. Yeah. Goodbye to Faith. It was absolutely mind-blowing to me. I thought for sure it was going to be FEMA and Faith uh, riding this one out to the finals. I just didn't see this um, coming. I really, truly did not. Which, again, is great editing, great producing. Yeah. They did a good job. Um, Yeah, exactly. And Faith produces tears. We're seeing her in the in the emotions box watching this breakup. Um, she ITMs that she saw hope in her son's eyes, that they wouldn't worry about her so much. Oh. Crushing. Brutal. Now, that is the type of shit I'm saying. This happens on Bachelor. Let's say, right? This is your third place person going home. It's, I was really feeling something for him. And I just, you know, I know my person's out there and this just wasn't it. And this taught me, you know, that I can feel love. That's all you're getting. This is, I saw hope in my son's eyes. That line carries a little more fucking weight. You know what I mean? It's crushing. I feel ill thinking about it. (laughs) Yes. God damn it. Yes. It's just so good. I mean, the the drama, the emotional impact, even the the phrases they're turning are just like they're 10 times stronger than like a regular bachelor or bachelorette season, I feel like. At any rate, we go to the dumping bench. We Gary is he says it was so nice to see you in your element uh with your family and she says some piece of her thought it could work out. And he says, it's been a joy getting to know you and you have a good heart. She wishes him well, puts her in the car. And then we get her full exit speech in the car through tears. Right now I'm numb. It's going to be a while before I can figure out um, if I can ever get over this. Basically, maybe it was all in her head. She says she really doesn't know. Mm. She feels like they connected on a level where she was ready to marry the dude, she says. And she wanted more for herself and for her kids to see her have happiness Maybe it's just not in the cards for her. She says, produces tears. Uh, A strong Bachelor edit here. Do you think she did enough to get it? Look, I went really back and forth for my MVP this week, and she was one of those back and forths. 
Um, <laughs> I think she did as well as she possibly could have. Like, I do too. She's a very specific like type. If they pick her for Golden Bachelorette, it means like the dude's gonna have to live on a farm with horses and shit. She's like, you know, she's the Chris Souls. Yes, she's kind of a. I wouldn't call it quite Chris Souls, but like. Yeah, ish. But that was a big part of that season was like, you'll have to move to Iowa and live on this farm. Yeah, in Arlington, Iowa with like two people in it. God, I'll never forget that day when, in quotes, who was it? It was uh, Caitlin Bristow and two, two other players or three other players got in a car and just drove through his town. Do you remember that? And they were like, this place sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and then they had to go to a roaster and be like, thank you for this rose. <laughs> I mean, but... Faith is like, she's kind of like your free spirit. In my mind, like Leslie Fema would be like a Caitlin Bristow. Same. Yes. Faith would be like, who would she be like? I'm not sure. More um, wholesome, a little bit more serious. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But they will have to take that into account. If they are going to make her the Bachelorette, it means that I think you'll get some like dudes on there who are probably that type of thing too, who own like horse farms and shit, you know, and like they're drinking out of hoses, they're flipping coins, they're going who knows where. Yeah, swimming in the horse trough. You know they'll make a yes. a one on one date where they have to go in the horse trough as their hot tub. I don't have a toilet. My toilet is the fields. <laughs> Okay. I don't remember her saying that, but that's uh, my limo exit. Uh, <laughs> that's the limo exit. <laughs> you just come out and pee on the driveway and you're like, I live on a farm. I just urinate wherever I like to. Um, all right. I uh I drink whiskey, brush my teeth with whiskey. Sure. And the chickens are my alarm clock. All right. And this is all, this is that British show you were talking about? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's Dungeon Abbey. Sorry. Okay, right, Long right. Uh, so back to the um, studio. We get this fourth hot seat. Faith is there having just been dumped and having just been forced to watch it back. Uh tears, of course, streaming down her face. All the players are STCOing her. We love you, Faith. They're all saying and giving her the heart hands emojis. That is that sisterhood. This was a play akin to, if you'll remember, at the uh, after the final rose of Bachelor season 22, Ari Lyon Dyke has just taken his second choice for wife, Lauren Burnham, um, on a phone call and has dumped Becca Kufrin. And you got to see Becca and her squad literally on the couch together. They were all STCOing her, including Becca Martinez, of course, superstar player that season. Um, at any rate, of course, of course. The th amount of tear play Faith does here, I was really blown away by. She gets a dark tissue from DLP. And she, DLP asked her, were you were shocked, blindsided? She was like, oh, my poor family will be so sad for me. Mm -hmm. um, how did we go from up here to nothing? We come back. It's the heartbreak reunion hot seat. Faith and Gary... And they do this cry, this hug where they both sob. Jesus Christ. And for so long. Tear play is like, it's a very um, unique thing. Not every player really can do it well. Most, I would say, don't even use it as like strong elements of their game. But the ones who do, 
each have different styles. Take Ashley I. Kennedy, for example. Everyone knows her her tear play very well, I feel like. She did it in a, a comedic way. Like she would laugh through the tears sometimes and say funny shit while she was crying. Here, it's exactly the opposite. Faith is using this for maximum uh, emotional gravitas and doing it very well. She goes, it's hard not to touch you. Sorry. When you walked me out, it was like a stranger, complete disconnect. I... Um, had felt so great after hometowns and Gary goes, it's not, it's not nothing. I told you love level four I did. And then I destroyed it. And we see her play this walls. She says, I had 30 years of walls and you broke them down and I felt safe. I would have been yours the rest of your, of our lives. I hope I feel it again. I didn't, care what would align i feel like this is a reference to the them not living in the same place i was safe and wanted to be here this 30 year wall play was my runner-up to play the game jesus same a 30 year fucking wall like you just don't get that type of shit in the regular no, bachelor bachelor physically possible <laughs> exactly most players are not alive long enough to have a 30 year wall and Gary says, I, Gary then apologizes. He says, I wasn't able to express it, but I promised your family that I wouldn't break your heart. Mm. And I broke that promise. Oh, God. Gary recognizing his prior error of love level fouring faith in front of her family and now coming back, acknowledging it and trying to correct it was my anti-error, error acknowledgement from a prior game, play of the game. Uh-huh. Okay. I couldn't find any errors tonight. I'm sorry. I looked very hard. Maybe the pickleball thing. I'll give you that. But I do think that's, um, you know, she wasn't really. No, I mean, that's more of a joke error. Yeah. But I agree with you. Joke or not, she should have done that. I totally agree with you. <laughs> but, um, Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but this to me was, it was the closest thing to an error, which is acknowledging an old error and then trying to correct the record, which I think he did a good job of, honestly. I think he did a great job. It, it, the whole thing came off for TRR. He, she says you're a beautiful soul, so he's yeah. redeemed in her eyes. They say they're better people for knowing each other. Faith says, I'll always love you, Gary. We go out Ooh. on that. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, I just need all of these people to find love and update me, mm-hmm. please. I mean, like, it's going to be crushing when they pick one. I agree. To be Golden Bachelorette once they pick it up. <laughs> this next portion is Gary on the hot seat. DLP then throws to a blooper reel. And this blooper reel has got some stuff in it. Okay. Normally, the blooper reel is incredibly boring. You might get a funny little dance here or there. You get a lot of, like, stuff on the set falling over and, like, microphones falling over and, yeah, bugs. Here, it immediately opens with Kathy saying to a producer in an ITM, you better make me get the rose, make a rose happen or fuck off. Huh? I'm immediately like, what? That's how they were talking to the producers. This is fucking amazing. (laughs) Give me more. And then we see a bunch of people mispronouncing uh, Gary's name is Jerry. We see Gary saying the word. So a bunch, we see some wiener jokes. Some women are sitting down on the risers saying we should have chairs to be able to do this. Uh, Gary teases a group nap for everybody. 
Ellen admits to being the one who grabbed Gary's ass in some kind of a group scenario. We see then a tarantula crawling through the mansion. And this Villa de la Vina tarantula was my... <laughs> creature of the week. As far as bugs go, the tarantula is one of the biggest, one of the grossest looking, and this tarantula was not going to take no for an answer. This tarantula was getting in the first season of Golden Bachelor. Congratulations, tarantula. We see some burps. Oh. This tarantula that I didn't know could be near L.A. was also my... (laughs) Creature of the week. We got tarantulas? You never had a tarantula? What the fuck? No. No, I don't like them. I get tarantulas all the time. I don't like them. And this one went after FEMA. But this is Calabasas. This ain't really LA. That's like, you're a little more out in the mountains, out, you know, surrounded by wilderness and shit. Desert. I don't really know where Calabasas is. Okay. You've been there. I know. I've been a lot of places. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Then we get a burping reel. (laughs) Yes. And then we get a shot of Sandra issuing what I believe was about a 37-second prolonged fart without blinking. While she is doing this, they put her head in a box watching it. In the box, she is covering her face out of embarrassment. And for the first time in the history of our beloved game, Sandra scored a double Face play of the game. Face play one takes place in the ITM as she defiantly farts without shame and offers an unwavering, unbroken gaze. And then at the same time, she is reacting to her own fart play with a full 10 finger face mask in the box in the corner with full mouth aperture. Two images of Sandra on screen simultaneously, both delivering my face plays of the game was my face play of the game. Never seen anything quite like this. I also took a photo of that one, but something happened right after it that made me take another photo. And that was DLP's reaction in the box as he sees this fart play real. And he he looks off to the side and he opens his mouth, maybe to half aperture, but he looks so <laughs> surprised like a kid is getting in trouble in class and he's watching it. And this was my face play of the game. I will now show you my pictures because I took that one too. This was the one that I gave my double face play. I mean, iconic. And then I also took the same picture you did, basically. <laughs> it was, it felt really um, raw. Yeah, Like he had never seen this footage. Yeah. But he has. Uh, he has to have. Uh, DLP's oh, yeah. a good actor. Maybe. But- 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Game of Roses is sponsored by BetterHelp. Clues. Uh, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And if you keep them all bottled up... It can affect you negatively. Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. You might be taking care of your physical body, but are you taking care of that beautiful mind, Clues? Yes. I have benefited from therapy greatly in the past. Uh, It has helped me get through stressful experiences, manage boundaries, learn coping skills, you know, the... The whole premise of life is is kind of a, a, it's a lot to undertake, and therapy can help with that. Well, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do to get started is fill out a brief questionnaire, then you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists literally at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Game of Roses today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Game of Roses. Clues, it is springtime. It is the off season. It is gore girl summer. The weather's getting warmer. Thank true. Dark Lord Palmer. And it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and cowls and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul, get those staple pieces, and I found quince. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces keeping me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I got the cotton modal scoop neck tee. It is so cute. It is literally the first thing I reach for in my dresser when all my clothes are washed. You know those special items. If you are not like Clues, who only wears one outfit. I'm Quince head to toe at this point. I'm a Quince boy. (gasps) I'm a source boy, Quince boy. You got no idea. I'm wearing Quince t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince long sleeve t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince sweaters, Quince pants. I'm Quinced. (laughs) Just call me Quinced, King Quinces, Okay, they call me. I love Quince. Okay, Quince. Uh, get warm weather ready with Quince. Be a Quince King yourself or Quince Queen. Go to Quince.com slash roses for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash roses to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash roses. But we get some more stuff here. Whipped cream play. Kathy falls down a bunch. We get some pickleball mishits. People making weird noises. Sandra does a boob play. Susan does a boob play. Uh, best blooper reel of all time. I wrote at the end of it. Oh, the voluntary nudity play by Susan made me laugh my ass off. Yeah. Uh, we see this promo. Gary is love level foring Teresa in Costa Rica. There's fantasy suites. Gary loves pillow talk and 
not that people talk about knocking boots. <laughs> he tells someone, I think you're the one. We see a bunch of precogs. We see a sister, I think, of Gary who has amazing face play. Mm. And we see him having the second worst feeling to his wife passing while filming this show. Oh, I don't like that. That's rough. No, but then DLP tells us, join us next week. Find out what's going to happen in the fantasy suite. We get some more chance of Gary. DLP gets in a final joke about uh, the fantasy suites not being crossword puzzles and crocheting. Then on November 30th is the finale. So, oh, at the very end of this also, DLP thanks all the players. Thank all you ladies for being here. He thanks Gary, the first audience. Then he thanks the fourth audience. And thanks to everybody out there. Da, 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 da. He's thanking everyone here except the third audience, except the producers. <laughs> Noted. But they do tell us that November 30th is the finale. And Gary says, hey, you did it. Good job, man, to DLP right when it finishes. It's yes. really cute. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was great. Just a great women to all overall. I don't know what the exact schedule is. I believe there's one next week. Then they skip Thanksgiving, then the finale, right? I'm pretty sure that's the schedule. Um, who was your MVP? For her play of the game, PTC, and her, I mean, just, I was just sobbing the whole time she was on camera. Ellen was my M M M M V P. Ellen was also my M M M M M V P. For all the reasons you mentioned, I just don't believe that I have seen a PTC like that woven back into the show itself. And it's the whole reason she's on the show and the line about we're going to watch the show together still just from different places. All of that. Um, just never seen anything like it in the show ever, really. And I think that is an insanely high bar that is now set. Like I said, also, that segment I felt was perfectly produced. So the producers presented her play correctly. Uh, it was just absolutely unbelievable. But what a great women tell all. I, I believe the best in history. And now we must move on to Bachelor in Paradise Season 9, Week 7. Here's to never being certain what the hell this place has to offer you and being thrown curveballs left and right, but continuing to swing at the hope that you hit something. We get this promo. Let's go. New hot threat player, Cat uh, and Olivia. John Henry Love triangle is teased. Olivia versus Cat rivalry. Aaron B. Analyze the conclusion, which, by the way, again, Aaron B., and Sam Jeffries were both at that women to all. We we saw one other shot of them somewhere in the middle, and that's it. Never mentioned him. Mm-hmm. He was wearing a scarf too. Did you see that shit? I noticed someone was wearing a scarf. I didn't know it was Aaron B. Yeah. Love that. Beautiful homage. Uh, we see the summary of this uh Aaron B. Eliza drama. They say, and then cat spread rumors that ruined their relationship. It yep. Uh, I can see why she's pissed. And also, PP is getting the ITM colorful narrator here to explain all of this shit. Most of it is not on face. It is cut to shit. They are making sentences that never existed uh, for this man. They, okay. 
pack your bags and come to a town with me. Yep. Conspiracy Town. Population me. They do a Chiron later in the episode for PP that says something like only person available to do the summaries or something like that. Did you see that? No, I did not, but sure. Then it's like to do something like that is to like try to throw him under the bus. Like we know he's shitty at this. Ha ha ha. That's the joke. But you're producing the show. You're deciding who's doing this. That's what I mean. It. I was like, why, why are you saying, look, we have a shitty <laughs> colorful narrator. You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm just going to break this down and I'm going to call it. I hope I wrote it down. I'm going to call this the burrito. All right. In the video opening. I don't know if it's a burrito. It might be a quesadilla, but Jesse Palmer takes a bite of something, a burrito or a quesadilla and throws it off screen. It looks crazier. Every subsequent time I watch it. Yes. Throws it off screen. Wells catches it without looking and then bites a big hunk out of it and looks in the camera with a weird expression. This to me is the perfect symbol for this season. Just kind of being like, yeah, fuck it. It's dumb. Who cares? What does that mean when you're coming up with that idea? Then Jesse Palmer takes a bite out of burrito, throws it in the air and Wells eats it and looks to a, in the camera with a funny face. Why? What does that mean? What is this? And I feel like they do shit like that throughout the whole season. Like why have that Chiron for John Henry? It's like these weird attempts to try and be funny, but there's no premise to the joke. There's no... It was for pee-pee. Or PP, sorry. Um, I just don't understand some of this shit. Um, no, then they have, yeah, they have John Henry narrating. And I was just like, you're giving us PP and then John Henry narrating? It does. Oh, but that's what my conspiracy is. I think that they had them come back in and, and record all of these. And they were like, who has the who has the cheapest day rate to narrate this? Okay, let's get PP. I 100%. I'm with you. I will buy this property. I mean, John Henry, when he's narrating, he he seems like he is underwater. Yeah. Actually, most of the show. <laughs> uh, They're putting like sound we, effects on him. Bloop, 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 bloop. <laughs> we cut to this Charity Eliza one-on-one. I was like, wait, Charity's still here? Okay. Charity says basically nothing. Um Yes. That uh, there was something, someone she was dating, he was dating before. See how he responds. Uh, make it work. And then Charity pulls Aaron B. Aaron says, remember when I told you I wanted to protect you? Something about Reddit. I thought that was actually interesting. They're bringing up the forums uh, after hometowns. Yeah. This ex didn't tell me about this, but we broke up in August. It was a toxic relationship. And Charity says... Eliza wants stability. You should commit. I'm rooting for you guys. And does a good face play here. Basically telling him, you've got a crown coming in and being like, I'm going to give you your next play. All eggs are yeah. brilliant. Uh, I did like that very much. And then Aaron B. ITMs that Charity told him to all eggs. And he was honored to get the advice, he says, as you should be. And he's trying to get engaged. And he wouldn't fight. Uh, and be here still on the beach if he didn't feel that love. Portion two begins. Aaron B. and Eliza have this little conversation and Olivia now gets the colorful narration ITM about their importance and the, or about their relationship and the importance of this conversation. We see Wells telling a bunch of people how important the conversation is. Tanner gets a colorful narrative about it. Tyler and Avon are having a guy chat about it. It's like, I get it. 
I get it. It's important. Uh, finally, we get the actual conversation. Eliza B, Eliza and Aaron B here. And he explains uh, that this disgruntled ex was firing off uh, all these messages to uh, Charity and her family. And he wouldn't be there trying to pursue something with Eliza if the shit his ex said was true. He holds himself accountable to her and to her feelings. And she says she was feeling very nervous and unsure if she was still uh, interested in him and Paradise. And she says she was scared of getting hurt and embarrassed. If he wants to do this, they have to communicate better, be on the same page. She believes him. And she's still very concerned and nervous, but she wants to take things slow, wants them both to sleep on it, have breakfast tomorrow. He says 100%. And then he rattles off her breakfast order, two bagels, eggs, and bacon. He has that one down pat, the one thing he's committed to memory. And uh, <laughs> Charity then leaves the fucking beach Smart. and air kisses everyone. And I wrote a, a miniature paragraph here. Oh, God. I say, so this entire thing was orchestrated by the producers to sabotage Aaron B. And it had zero effect. And this is how they use Charity Lawson in Paradise. Uh, their most recent Bachelor, their most successful Bachelorette in the last three years, ratings-wise, was just used to set up a sabotage plot based on an unfounded rumor that was debunked in a matter of seconds by the target of the sabotage. It was so bizarre. I couldn't believe it was a nothing burger after all this buildup, uh, it being the cliffhanger of the week, and... And yeah, the disrespect to charity too. Not just the disrespect to charity, the 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 machination of this. Like, remember what they did with fucking Hannah Brown? Come in. We're going to do a circle pain date and you're going to love it. It's going to be fun. And it was fun. <laughs> I loved that fucking date. I loved seeing Hannah Brown, the beast, turn into a sand beast. I love the glee she had at, at seeing these people's misery. And it was a, just a very simple thing. You're going to host this fucking, it's not even a group date. It's just like they're all sitting around. You just go hang out with them and, and ask these funny questions. Perfect. This shit is, okay, we have Charity Lawson. What day is she going to be here? Okay, great. We need a player to go in and tell Eliza about these Reddit rumors that are completely unfounded of Aaron B. Who's that going to be? Okay, Kat. All right, <laughs> send her in now. She has to do it now. We've got Charity. She's coming out of the hotel. She's only here two, uh, two shooting days. So we got to do it right now. All right, Kat, do that. Okay, well, what are you going to do for me in exchange? Uh, we'll hook you up with John Henry. We'll, we'll, we'll write in the truth box, a fake note that says, come meet me in the hot tub. And John Henry will, Wells will read that to him and he'll come meet you in the hot tub. Okay. If you do that, then I'll tell the rumor. <laughs> okay, great. So they had to work all this out for nothing. And charity's presence is wasted. You think she won the hot tub, the private hot tub by doing this? I think cat based on how pissed off cat is at her edit. I think Kat yeah. was 100%. Hey. She was definitely like promised stuff. Yeah. I'll play ball. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to say? All you got to promise is that I'll get good screen time. And they're like, sure, sure. Villain. Although, we'll get to it. They turned her around tonight with John Henry. Um, or they're at least trying to. We'll get to it. Anyway, my complaint was charity completely <laughs> misused here. And then Eliza is forced into an ITM to say that they're not out of the woods yet. So they're still like, oh, we don't know. We have to keep watching. But obviously, we, we know what's going to happen. And then we get a casting card tired of being burned by exes. Are we out of the woods yet? Are we out of the woods? Uh, go on, Bachelor in Paradise. Aaron B. orders a Pinot Noir from Wells. Like mm. this move. Yeah. Uh, we see Sam is now, <laughs> Sam was narrating a lot. Sam is now narrating that Jess is pining. Olivia, we again hear her say that Kat is throwing herself at John Henry. She's grasping at straws. She's not playing the field. 
And Wells then says, Cat likes everybody. If you're not being pursued by Cat, something is wrong with you. And this was my wowie moment of the week. Cool. Cat then talks with Mercedes. Mercedes says, Go for what you want. You don't owe her anything. And Cat ITMs, I never saw it coming with John Henry. He was an alternate on my list. And she says it's basically still her birthday because it's the birthday week. Love that. How about that shit, though? The alternate on the list. I wrote that down and I was like, that's interesting. They they are starting to... I know. So you have to say, these are my primaries and then there's alternates? You're, it's starting to become a mechanic a little bit because people do say, like, you were yeah. number one on my list or you were on my list. So it's like, I told the producers, basically, I wanted to meet you. That's what you're saying. The alternates yeah. are like... Not the people you're really that interested in, but like, oh, they're kind of cute. That's what she's saying here. Down. Yeah, exactly. They're a notch down. That literally is what it is for these players. Um, and here they've cut it into the edit. That's probably part of the problem with the producing. Don't ask for the list. Send them in. Yeah. See what happens. I agree. It's the list. That's part of why it seems like all these relationships are planned from the beginning. It's like, oh, Kylie and Avon really want to meet each other? Okay. But also they have to, these players... Seems like they've been dating secretly. This is unfounded, but... they I'm sure they have. They've at least been DMing. All the players DM each other for the most part. I'm not saying 100%, but like it's very common. And I feel like players are scared to go into paradise without a plan. Because if you go in there not at least having some idea of what you're going to try to do, you are fucking like, they're going to cut me into the worst villain. You're floundering. You're Brayden. <laughs> it's Brendan Marias and it's Piper James. The echo of that is still in the tone of how everyone plays. Uh, we see Cat tell John Henry he's very attractive. He asks for a romantic walk to the water and she ITMs, it's my goal to have a tongue in my mouth. We see... Tanner says it smells of desperation, the cat stuff. Uh, Olivia ITM's cat doesn't like sand or water. She makes my eye twitch. And when she uh, talks about her eye twitching, she delivers a single eye roll to expose the whites of that eye, accompanied by a double palm lock, 10 finger witch's claw. And this was my... Face play of the game. It's beautifully done. She's been turning in high level face play all fucking season. I mean, I think it was my face play last week, or she did the same face again. That one? Did they do that last week? They used they reused the footage on us. Let me see. Oh my god! If if it's the literal same shot. Oh, God. They just threw out the same ITM? That looks like a witch's claw to me. Oh, my God. It's the exact same footage. So they used that last week. I mean, it's a witch claw. That They used that last week in the main game? Or was that in a promo? I think that was in Bachelor in Paradise. Oh, my God. Well, wow. Well, I mean, I literally saw it. I was like, well, that was already mine. All right. Well, it was mine this Wild. week for the exact same footage. She got faceplay two weeks in a row. I mean, it's such a good faceplay. It is. It's literally, I don't even know how you do that. Um, We see 
she's complaining there's miles of beach, which I was like, Olivia, I remember <laughs> you making out with him in front of her. Literally like two feet away. Last yeah. Week, I think it was my play. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the disrespect is potent. Portion four, we see the guys getting ready. We see Eliza get this breakfast with a poem note that Aaron B. wrote for her. Eliza sums it up. It's giving redemption. I loved this play. If I may, Aaron B. sending Eliza breakfast in bed tailored to her favorite breakfast order along with a poem was my... Play, 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 play of the game. He already all eggs, which was a fantastic play. This is how you elevate the all eggs. Okay, you all eggs. Now what are you going to do? I'm going to show you what that means. I know what your breakfast order is. I'm going to send it to your room so it's waiting when you wake up. And I'm going to let you know that I'm thinking about you. Not with even a note, a fucking poem. This is an homage to Ryan Sutter. <laughs> Eliza, you're an amazing woman. The sweet to my savory, the German to my chocolate. But the way you make me feel, nothing will top it. Short, sweet, to the point, made her smile. She absolutely fucking loved it. Thank you, Ryan Sutter. This is your legacy. And thank you, Aaron B. Why didn't he have a bucket hat then? Maybe he does. He just wasn't wearing it. Or maybe he was wearing it while she read it. We'll never know. I did see notice he had a referee's shirt at one point this episode. Oh, interesting. He's not afraid to to be at, you know, bold in his style. Sure. We see Olivia ITMing that she slept on last night's activities. Cat uh is in John Henry's face 25-8, she says, and it sucks. That was a good line. Three girls are going home. Not her. She's here to stay and fight, and she will be putting in that work, she says. You're going to see it tonight. She, This is all in an ITM. She is sitting two feet from a fucking producer just saying this straight into their face. I'm going to put in the work tonight. You're going to see it. These producers are like, keep her at all fucking costs. And we see what happens as a result mm -hmm. at the end of this fucking episode. <laughs> this was very Love Island for me. Like the yeah. the term grafting, like I got to get my graft on, meaning like put in work is very popular. We see at the beginning of this cocktail party, John Henry tells the boys, I don't know what I'm doing. DLP comes in with an announcement. Sam has pooped. Didn't need it. Congratulations. Didn't need it. You're looking for a cut? There's a cut right there. Two seconds. Just trim it out. Didn't need it. I did need it after he had done the announcement that she hadn't because then I was worried. Um, but yeah, I would have just gotten rid of that whole storyline. Mm -hmm. um, Olivia all eggs one basket to John Henry and PP tells Sam we're good. We see a kiss between BB and Becca. We see this one-on-one -on -one between Eliza and Aaron B. And Aaron B. all eggs one baskets Eliza. He love level threes her. I would have saved the love level three for um, a special one-on-one -on -one time. Set do a setup or something. Yeah, but I agree. I think he blew this a little too soon. He had her locked in with the breakfast play. I think he was kind of panicking. Yeah, I agree. 
we see Jess and Blake Moines. Jess tells him, I missed your compliments and your gays play. Blake <laughs> she <then>. literally did. <laughs> There's so much gays play talk now. I feel like it's really taking over the game. The way she was listing the things, it, it all came back to compliments and gays play. Yeah. She's like, I miss your vascularity, your gays play. I wish you'd all eggs me. <laughs> I'm all eggsing you. I love your charming ends. Yeah. <laughs> I. <laughs> we then see Blake immediately all egg one basket Jess here we're getting a lot of these tonight yep. Wells tells Genevieve to take some risks the clock is ticking I was like there isn't a clock we don't have that poop clock anymore that's true uh, portion 5 begins Blake and Tanner Blake asks Tanner what he's thinking about and PP gets a colorful narrator ITM that Tanner's the bachelor VIP with a rose up for grabs. And then he goes through each of these players who doesn't have a secured rose. We just get long lists now in the colorful narration. It's like colorful narration should be reserved for funny shit. The relisting of like what couples are doing, what we're watching the show. We got it. We got it. Yeah. You don't need to have every player tell us. If your plot line is so confusing that you need someone completely narrating the show, like you're fucking up. And it's like, I feel like they they felt like, the producers, I mean, didn't have enough footage to fill the time. That's what these things feel like to me. Just complete filler. Yeah, it totally. And it's like, we don't need it. And there's like a hundred in a row. Yes. The same people saying the same thing about Eliza and Aaron's conversation. Yes. Do away with all of these colorful narrator ITMs unless they're super funny. And in that time, just give us extra footage of the shit, of the dates, of the whatever. That is what we want. That will let us get to know these players and give a shit about them. Please, I beg of you, don't let me set through one more fucking idea of like, well, this um, couple's together and this couple's together and this couple's together. They don't know where their roses are coming from, but there's a love triangle over here and there's still guys coming to the beach. Just show us that. Anyway. Tanner then does kiss play with Davia and then Genevieve and then Rachel, Rachel, Rekia. Now, if I can break some of this down, this conversation they have. Mm -hmm. He compliments Rachel's ability to have fun and make the most of various situations. She says she was sitting in the back, but she was interested in him uh, because he's kind of funny. This is almost like a neg. You're kind of funny. Not saying you're you're funny, but it gets his attention. Oh, she thinks I'm funny. I don't think Tanner gets that a lot. I don't think a lot of people are telling him he's funny. So here she's like <laughs> hitting a thing that's like, oh, she sees a different side of me. And then she says, we are the outliers here. This was such an interesting comment. It was brilliant. This is uh, neuro-linguistic programming to some degree. You, She's basically aligning him on a team. We're the outliers, just you and me. We're the only two people who are part of this group that's outside the rest of them. It creates this kind of uh, seed in his brain, subpsychologically, that they are together. They're united. And then, of course, the makeout helps. We we know on her season of Bachelor. Well, it was such a good kiss lead in line. Yeah. I was just like, oh, Rachel Recchia is a professional chemistry player yeah. through and through. What do we do now? Well, I don't know. I guess we make out. It's like, yes, that's the path I've led you down. Conclude it. Um, <laughs> brilliantly done. <laughs> I love watching her play all the fucking time. Like, I really, know. she is just one of those players who's like, She's massively underused on the season of Paradise, but God damn it, she's a good player. And um, 
I loved watching her just like twist this motherfucker up. She's getting that rose, period. I know. It was beautiful. Of course. I knew it as soon as as soon as she said that outliers line and I was like, oh, she's into it. I was like, she's getting it. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in... Um three body problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums as there is no need for water preservatives or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant based anti wrinkle. Uh, It's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven day program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by get this 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact, Mm. they have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the... Tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. If you are a wine lover like myself and you got to have it for your bachelor viewing parties, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the personalized the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix. Just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both rosé and white wine, Mm. my favorites, and they were so delicious. And I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my, my friends. Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. So if you want uh, wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get member-exclusive pricing What's in the box? on every order. <laughs> Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F.com slash roses. Tryfirstleaf.com slash roses. Sweaters, candles, the dreaded bathrobe. Unfortunately, Mother's Day gifts can be a little predictable and boring. That's why an Aura Frame is the perfect gift to mix things up this year. It was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. My mom loves hers. I'm throwing pictures of Skabooli and our cat up there. She's laughing. She's texting me. He's so cute. I wish I could meet him. It's the next best thing to, to meeting my cat, really. 
you know, I love that it was so easy to set it up. I've recently learned I'm not good at uh, building things and I need an easy install. And oh. this only takes about two minutes to set up the frame using the Aura app. Aura frames are Wi-Fi connected, come with unlimited storage, so you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. She'll be grateful it's not another sweater, and she'll love the frame to see more of you. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A, Frames.com. Use code ROSES at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Um, which is very impressive given all of this kiss play, but uh, we see Olivia, love level one, John Henry, and say, I can't stand cat. John Henry says, she showed me another side and caught my attention. Olivia's doing incredible face play this whole time. And he's like, I'm not judging off Kat's relationships. It came here to be open. And Olivia says, I'm here patiently waiting while you figure that out. And they kiss. That was a good all exiting. I didn't know that she had really any other choices here. And I look, I can't tell if she really likes him or not. I think maybe, maybe not. Maybe this is all for show. I have no idea. But she's playing it so well that I like can't fall on the side of it all be completely fake. Um, so maybe it's not. Yeah. I, I but know. nonetheless, her all exiting here, I, I felt was done very well. She cast a little bit of doubt on Kat's intentions while saying, look, I'm going to be here. You figure out whatever you got to mm-hmm. figure out. I've all exed. This was a Dylan Barber level uh, play. He did the exact same thing with Hannah Godwin back in season, whatever that was. And we know how that worked out. Then we cut back to the bar to see the truth box yet again. This is a bit that did not work at all the first time they did it. Um, now we are being subjected to it for a third time, not even just a second time. This is the third time the truth box will come into play here. Wells reads uh, these things. But maybe this time it'll do something really awesome. Yes, uh, it doesn't. Wells reads two truths out of the truth box. I feel like some of these girls are homie hopping and it gives me the ick. Somebody then asked to see the handwriting on this note and he does not allow it. He says it's anonymous because producers wrote all of these. Um, they heard Braden say homie hopping in his ITM. And so they wrote this here and they're trying to make that be a thing. Then we see another one. Uh, John Henry meet me at the hot tub at midnight. And then Wells is like, maybe you should go up there and see what the notes all about. This is just abysmal producing. Why have any of this? Mm-hmm. It is, I think, the like laziest and weakest producing we've seen maybe in the history of Bachelor in Paradise, this one scene. It's worse than Sally's suitcase. At least with Sally's suitcase, they had to create a prop and shoot sketches and shit. This is literally just writing down where they want one of these people to go on a piece of fucking paper and having Wells read it to them as a command. And then he does it. Why not just have him show up at the fucking hot tub? Like it's an excuse to have Wells orchestrate it, kind of? I, that's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't know. This is the burrito. Why isn't it just like a note? Yes, this is the burrito. What is this? Why is this happening? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but we see Cat. <laughs> I wrote, truth box, dumbest shit ever. <laughs> And I wrote, (laughs) weakest producing we've ever seen in the history of BIP. (laughs) 
<laughs> Worse than Sally's suitcase. I'm <laughs> Worse than Sally's suitcase. I mean, I wouldn't go that far. Uh, we see Cat uh, in the hot tub with John Henry. She says, I've never stepped away privately. I was like, what does this mean? Are they implying that the hot tub is like closed off and you have to like, that's kind of the boom boom room now? You have to get permission to go. That's what it felt like to me. I don't understand this. I don't. I didn't get it either. They can't go in the hot tub. Why not? I don't know. Oh, maybe it's because of bad history. Could be. Uh, uh... Nonetheless, <laughs> they do get some time in the hot tub. And um, Cat ITM's going to make out in the hot tub. John Henry tells her once they're both in the hot tub, you really got my attention. You're very exciting. She's like, yes, you too. He's like, everything was going well with Olivia, but there's something about you, Kat. Yes, you too. You did it uh, to me even after knowing you for just a day. I'm having this feeling now, and he can see himself with her. And she's like, yes, me too. And <laughs> he's like, I do have some concerns. I just want to be assured that what I'm feeling is real. And she says, yes, I would only be here to pursue something real. And they kiss. And we get fucking hero score here. They are turning them into a couple. I think they're now going to be engaged based on that music cue. Cat scheduling with her wonderful third audience play, whatever she had to trade to get this private hot tub moment and crush this chemistry play was my play, 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 play of the game. Olivia and John Henry, I would say, was the much more solid thing. So her Mm -hmm. going into that situation and pulling him away from Olivia, I think, was a pretty high level of difficulty. And um, I agree. Yeah, I thought it was very impressive. But at what cost? At what cost? They have given her a villain edit to a degree that quite a big cost (laughs) has made her unlikable. No one wants her to succeed. No one wants to see her happy in the fourth audience. I mean, and now they're going to try and turn this on us to make them a real couple. And it's like, you can't do it now. I'm sorry. You cut her to be like mean to everyone. Basically, you know, Uh, they definitely gave her a hardcore villain edit. I feel like they'll force them to break up. I don't think so. Why give them that music? What they're doing to Kat? You think they would keep her till the end? The burrito. Yes. <laughs> Say no more. We see Sam tell Olivia and Davia about the box. Olivia says she's disingenuous. She's going to homie hop. Olivia ITM's cat could play a good game, but I don't want it at me and John Henry's expense. And Olivia pulls Kat, says... I feel super disrespected in the way you've moved. Um, You should have just said to me that you were interested in exploring that connection. And Kat is not having it. Um, And PPITM's Kat's fangs will come out. Nice. Uh, Sick burn, dude. Kat says, you haven't been respectful to others. I move with genuine intent. And she walks off. And ITMs that Olivia is toxic, but we see BB, Braden Bowers, respects Olivia. 
he kind of likes how she's handled the situation. Yeah. We also see uh, Olivia puts her hand in Kat's face right before she moves off. And that kind of becomes a thing for yes, Kat to some degree. Um, and then we see a casting card. Are you tired of talking to the hand and ready to talk to a man? Good one. Portion six begins. Everybody comes into the rose ceremony. Olivia gets the colorful narrator ITM to remind us of the rose math. Three women going home here. DLP emerges, welcomes them all to their third rose ceremony. Becca is missing, DLP notices. Nobody has talked to her. Nobody knows where she is. None of the women saw this coming. DLP then leaves to perform a dark investigation. We follow him from behind, <laughs> like the opening shot of Darren Aronofsky's 2008 Golden Globe winning movie, The Wrestler. DLP finds her finally in a palapa filled with food and asks her, what's going on? Everybody back at the Rose Ceremony is confused, including Braden. Jesse ITMs that she feels bad for Braden, but he had a good thing with Rachel, and it was unfortunate he jumps ship so fast, calling out his fucking error here. This was great mm-hmm. game sense. Love to see this coming from uh, Jess, who I felt herself was making an error earlier this season, but did correct it in tonight's game. Becca then tells DLP uh, there's a lot of doubt about her relationship with Braden, and she's listening to that doubt right now, and DLP says, well, it's your choice. Will you come to the rose ceremony or leave paradise forever? She follows him back down through the gates to hell and everybody's watching and waiting for her final decision. And then she takes a turn down the Jen Parisi jungle path and fucking leaves the show. <laughs> Just fucking, I'm out. Fuck it. Fuck my suitcase. Fuck a comfortable pair of shoes. I'm fucking out. I'm into the night. I'm going jungle path and it's gone. She's gone. And this was my... Error, 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 error of the game. What the fuck? She don't even get an exit speech. Nothing. Just like, I don't know. This feels a little weird to me. I've only known this guy for a day. Bye. What? What? (laughs) I feel like we don't really know the full story here, but Becca swerving the rose ceremony and fleeing into the jungle path was also my error, 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 error of the game. I laughed really hard at um, how this happened, but I think unexplained exits like this are, are very burrito, you know, they're yes. Exactly. You're There's like, footage of this that can explain this. This is retribution by the producers. Fine. Fuck you. You're not going to play our game. You get no screen time. Instead, we get a thousand hours of fucking PP colorful narrating that Avon and Kylie are still together. I get it, dude. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Portion seven begins. <laughs> They're making him do it. You know, it's like, no, of course they'd pull you into a yeah. fucking room and say, read this. You got no choice. Uh, I'm saying their decision to keep cutting him in. And I got nothing against PP. He's doing his best. I get it. And he's he's lasted a long fucking time on this season. And get all the screen time you Definitely can. Definitely did not think he would have this longevity. Absolutely. I'm just saying. There's, there's other footage we could be looking at here. Maybe it lasts because he has to do colorful narration like 12 hours a day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're just like, fine, you can stay, but you have yeah. to do this. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Portion 7 begins. We're at the rose ceremony. Livy gets this ITM color from the narration telling us what we already know. Becca isn't there and everybody's confused. An interesting producing choice here. We get a shot of everybody at the rose ceremony confused. And we see on screen as we hear a producer saying, okay, look up, look up. And this producer saying, look up, look up was my... 
Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno, bystander of the week. This is also burrito. It's also burrito. What does this give us? Why make this choice? Is it to make this seem more authentic? Like, oh no, nobody really did know what's going on. It doesn't work at all. It makes yes. these players seem... It's supposed to make their confusion seem realer and being like, okay, now we have to get back to the show. It's something they, they do at um, like Housewives reunions is they film the part when they're like about to start where they're like doing makeup touch-ups and stuff. It does not work here at all. It completely takes you out of whatever drama you're trying to build up with uh, Becca's self bizarro Jen Parisi Jungle Path self-elimination. Um, takes the steam out of it and is just confusing. It's a burrito moment. Nonetheless, congrats to that producer who got their voice in the document. DLP then says, Becca unfortunately decided to leave Paradise forever. Love the use of forever yeah. in this. Me too. You are banned uh, eternal. Uh and Braden here, by the way, given a gift from the Paradise Gods, if you want to believe in such deities, he could immediately pivot back to Rekia here. Now, I know the order of the rose ceremony is such that he would have to like jump over because now he really is like, oh shit, who's he going to give his rose to? He will be last, but he can make a deal with producers. All of this is like determined as this shit's happening. He could have made a deal with producers, gotten a higher rose uh, order, given it to Rekia come back around yes i had that seems like an error now that he didn't negotiate that i had a great date um with becca and what it made me ultimately realize is that i had an even better one with you this is meant to be there's a reason she left and it's because there wasn't anything between us i don't feel for her the way i felt for you and that's what paradise is all about we got to explore these feelings i explored that one and it, it only made the one I have for you stronger. He could have gotten this back here, mm. had the opportunity. It's a high-level play, but I believe he could have pulled it off had he attempted. Simply never attempted. We see DLP give us the updated rose math, eight roses, ten women. Even gives to Kylie, Tyler to Mercedes. And Mercedes gets this ITM where she says, my man likes me. And she squints so hard in this cheesing 4TRR grin that got my face play of the game. I feel like this was a 4TRR happiness one of being like, oh, that was so cute. Uh, I loved it. Yeah, I know the play. I agree with you. It's fantastically done. Uh, then we see PP gives his rose to Sam P. Then we see Aaron B gives that all eggs rose to Eliza. Rekia then ITM's being in a weird position with Braden now. Sam is also a prisoner, a colorful narrator prisoner. Oh my god! <laughs> but I, I don't know. I, I like I said, I begrudge none of these players their their colorful narration ITMs. I just wish there weren't so many. Uh, it yeah. seems like every five lines of dialogue is... I wish they would treat us as like a little smarter and a little bit more following. I don't even think it's like that there's consciousness of how we're treating the fourth audience. I think it's literally like a kind of laziness at job 
that's just like, yeah, just have him talking about it, have him talking about it, like three more people talking about it. That's good. There's nobody like scrutinizing this for quality, it seems like, in terms of that portion of the edit. Just to me, my two cents. Recky ITMs <laughs> being in a weird position with Braden now and the bad luck of her uh, black dress always getting dumped in it. Blake gives Jess his flower. Tanner here, the big question mark, gives the flower to Rachel, Rachel Reckia. Fantastic player. Recognizes this is the biggest fish in the pond. I'm going to go for it. Uh, Braden has fucked this up. Can I swoop in? Indeed, especially in a, a time of extreme duress like this. There's only one way you're staying on the show. I have that key. Do you accept it? Uh, he doesn't even really have to put in much work here. And then Kat gets this ITM about if John Henry picks her, then Olivia is going to have to leave so they can explore their relationship without her. Obviously wrong. That's not how this show works. John Henry gives his rose to Kat. Kat ITMs, I got the rose. Uh, miss you, Olivia. Not really. So they're giving her again this mean girl edit continually, even though they've already tried to turn the corner and made her a hero player. Braden then has the last rose. Who's he going to give it to? Well, the producers have convinced him to give it to Olivia. This is a... Uh, producer Rose disguised as a friendship Rose here. Cat gets an eye roll ITM. Genevieve and Davia get their Tam Sigs, hugs all around. Davia in her ITM exit speech says she feels blindsided. She would have rather things just gone bad from the beginning instead of having this great date and then getting the rug pulled out from under. Braden cheers to never having been certain uh, and continuing to swing at curveballs. <laughs> Olivia cheers to love. And then Olivia ITMs that she will not surrender to Cat and anything can happen in paradise. Then we get this commercial. At least on the feed I was looking at, there was this commercial for the new Hunger Games movie, which I am excited about. I'm glad you saw it too. I do like the Hunger Games uh, movies, the Jennifer Lawrence ones. Oh, I love the Hunger Games. I'm not sure these are going to be as good, but I will see them. By the way, I just watched that Jennifer Lawrence movie where she bangs the young man. Yeah. Very funny. So they say. Didn't do well. Didn't do as well as they liked. Well, I did watch it on streaming. Nice. Uh, but here we get this commercial. It's for the Hunger Games. It is Jared Iaconetti dressed in kind of like a Hunger Games announcer outfit or something, talking about the movie and comparing Paradise to Hunger Games. Not a good commercial. Jared <laughs> oh Iaconetti recapping as the Hunger Games guy in some sort of Collective hallucination was my Jorge 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 Moreno bystander of the week. <laughs> he looked CGI. Oh. I don't know. Always has. Always has. I did not understand what I was watching. Always has. Always has. That chiseled jaw. Yeah. He does look like a computer animated character to some degree. You don't get those proportions, IRL. I just, there were many interesting levels of this. One, it's like, I get it. It's They always do movie tie-ins. We've seen the Barbie one, the Top Gun one. They always do shit like this. Fine. Why are they comparing this to Hunger Games? That's a comparison that is made. Because that guy was based on Chris Harrison. The Stanley Tucci character? Yeah. Oh, nice. Um, I'm just saying it's they 
it's coming back around. They work hard. I mean, I guess it's presented in a joke format, but they work hard, I feel like, to try to reduce that comparison because everyone who covers the show talks about it in that way and openly says it's like Hunger Games. But I think they don't want that perception to be out there. And here now they're doing a full commercial for it where they literally say it. A lot of money, I guess. <laughs> I guess so. Get that Hunger Games money. Hey, I would love to see a Hunger Games themed group date. Let's go. That would be fun. What could it be like paintball or something? I don't know. It could be like a clock where there's all these obstacles. They really have to Hunger Games. At any rate, this is a... It's more like Wipeout, though. Every once in a while in, in the Bachelor world, some strange piece of media pops out of it like this. I'll, I'll throw the Grocery and Serener Maybelline commercial in there. I'll throw the yes. McVile Halo Top commercial in there. I'll uh-huh. throw the... I'll even throw in Ben Higgins uh, had to go on his one-on-one date to fucking McDonald's. You remember that? Amanda Stanton. Yeah. That was strange. Yeah. When they went behind the counter. Yeah. <laughs> At any rate, congratulations to Jared I. Kennedy for this. I do think this is a historic moment. It is one of those weird pieces of crossover media that will just exist forever in my mind. Portion 8. Yeah, it really stood out as like a highlight of the night. Yeah, it, it was uh, more interesting than most anything else in BIP, I agree. Portion 8, day, next morning. Some players are discussing sleep patterns and their various lack of hair. We get a happy couple montage uh, Tyler and Mercedes seem to be lost in loving bliss. Tyler ITMs knowing more guys are showing up this week. We get a shot of these three seagulls flying overhead. I believe implying, foreshadowing that Tyler's relationship is about to have a third person. So I now think, we see later, obviously, Michael comes in. I think he's going to ask uh, Mercedes on the date. And I think she's going to go. Mm. Mercedes ITMs feeling uncomfortable. Feeling, sorry, comfortable with Tyler. Nothing feels weird. She's ready to give him more. She can see a future with him. They they play this out too much, in my opinion. That's why I think that, too. Sam P. gets this colorful narration ITMing about the new couples, uh, Tanner and Rachel, Kat and John Henry. Kat wonders out loud to the other players why Braden gave Olivia his rose. I simply wrote the producers, the same ones that are telling you everything to say in your ITMs and <laughs> assuring you you'll have a good edit. Tyler, <laughs> by the way, all eggs Mercedes here. Yes. But she only loved level ones and correct uh cat and aaron b laugh about john henry picking cat olivia says she's tired of pretending to want them to make it the relationship she wants john henry to feel like hot garbage she wants some retribution for the wrong she perceives that has been done to her olivia itms that john henry is different from anybody she's been with and that was exciting her feelings don't just shit shit off i wrote don't just i think that was supposed to be turn off because he gave Kat a rose, she did not feel chosen. Olivia ITMs John Henry deserves someone who recognizes how special he is. Kat has been a different person every day. She's not a good person, so we're getting this rivalry really brewing up. Uh, we see Kat talking to Avon, Kylie, Mercedes. She brings up the hand in the face. Uh, she's ITMing that. John Henry pulls Olivia for some time here. And uh, he's like, how are you doing? Not the best. And he basically tells her he felt bad about how he handled everything. She kind of accuses him of being like, oh, you're just coming over here to clear your conscience. And he's like, no, you deserve better than that. And she's like, yes, I do. Olivia doesn't know what to say to this. She ITMs being hurt. And back to that conversation, she says, you're a special human being and Kat's not genuine. Basically trying to sabotage Kat here. And uh, we just kind of get a, a conversation here where, John Henry's trying to smooth it over that he broke up with her, but still maintaining the breakup. Mm -hmm. He says he hates himself, but he's got to do what he's got to do. 
And Olivia talks to Blake about finding herself in these situations. And Tanner says, it's because you're opening up. It's not a bad thing. <laughs> Tanner reminds her that somebody <laughs> new could be coming and she should be open to it. It's almost like the producers have a fucking earpiece. They're just feeding him lines. He's got such a good sense of humor. Yeah, exactly. And we see ultimately some feet on the path of pain here. We get feet coming down and we get a cruise ship noise. And from that, I knew it was going to be Michael. Yeah. The Because he has that cruise ship business. In the next portion, Olivia ITM's Paradise Gods did answer. And Michael gets the first date card. Pick someone who gets your heart beating. Michael Barber, by the way, is 28th sand. Mm. We're almost done. Yeah, one more player, Jordan Vandergriff. We close to the end. Only one more. Oh wow. Yeah. He pulls uh Olivia. Cat says, I'm here for it. He gives Olivia his sandals when her feet are burning. I loved this play. It's a great play. Then we see their one-on-one time. They're laughing and explaining uh, her scenario. Essentially, she's looking for a fresh start in paradise. They discuss her hometown being upstate New York. He's got a friend who's from Rochester. No way. I'm also from Rochester. Braden says that he gave Olivia the rose because he wants her to find love just like that. They're all watching all the other players. And Olivia tells uh, Michael that she would accept his date if he asked her out. Everybody seems to be behind this coupling. And we even see Olivia so happy she's dancing a little bit in an ITM. Great little dance play. Michael comes back to the beach and now pulls Kylie. (laughs) Olivia's like, what the fuck? Uh, They get their little conversation. Then Michael's talking to Mercedes. Uh, Then Sam Pico. He's just making the rounds. He's talking to everybody. (laughs) You weren't special, (laughs) Olivia. Fuck you very much. And um, we cliffhang before he makes his final decision about who he's going to take on the date. Next week promo, we see twerking, love level three, deep talks, future casting, Vandergriff arrives, Blake and Jess, everything's going well there. Katie Thurston arrives, fake panic from Blake. Uh, This is setting up a Blake for essentially what they did with grocery and Kendall after he was already very committed to Serena. And then in the tag, we get Eliza Isichi absolutely terrified by a crab who traps her in her room for what seemed like 17 hours. And this crab was my... Creature of the week. The crab bouncer was also my creature of the week. Pretty good creature. I don't know how long it actually was, but they use those wipe effects to. I wouldn't have gone out there. All right. That would have stopped me. Smaller bugs have. I don't. Are crabs considered bugs? They're like the same category. They got creepy crawler legs. Okay. Oh, I don't know. Like category wise, science terms wise. Yeah. I think they're different. I think crustaceans are different. They're probably a crustacean. Yeah. Um. All right. Minutia alarm on ourselves. What or who was your uh, MVP? Pace case. For her victimization play for her rivalry play for her third audience play for her face play for her pivot play olivia was my m m m m v p who was yours olivia was also my M-M-M-M-M-V-P. 
Just never seen anything quite like it. And she even now is popping off on Twitter. Did you see this shit? No. About the edit? What? Yeah. She's on Twitter writing crazy stuff. Uh, her parasocial play is highly underrated. I strongly recommend everybody follow her on Twitter. Look at her Instagram. She just is doing the most this season. She just is, is carrying the whole show. She's involved in every significant plot other than some of the Braden stuff with Rachel Recchia. Um, she's just all over it. I think if you don't have her in this season, I don't know what the identity of this season is. To me, she's kind of mm -hmm. the, the person that I really attached this season to. Yeah, I would say her. I feel <laughs> like it. she was a night one player and... I remember I had put her in my final four from mm -hmm. Instagrams. So her having this redemption on sand, I feel proud. I understand. <laughs> I mean, look. I'm like, she had greatness within her. Yeah. This is really what paradise is in its best. At its highest levels, it is people can come in that were not all-stars from their season and turn in a performance that makes them important in the nation. I mean, grocery store Joe obviously did this. He was the the greatest that ever lived. But I think Olivia is in that category of people who were like, obviously night one players, but like grossly misunder uh, represented in their show. They were not used well. And uh, here they've kind of turned things around. Unfortunately for her, we are also in this era where that don't mean much on your Instagram. Yeah, she's not in that grocery in the era where grocery got his followers. Yeah, let's look at her Instagram right now, just out of curiosity, see if she's cracked 20K yet. 19.4. So I would guess she'll crack 20K tomorrow. Almost there. Yeah, almost. But that wraps it up. Uh, that's our coverage of this historic Golden Women to All, first Golden Women to All in history, best fucking Women to All I think we've ever seen, and this uh, subsequent episode of Bachelor in Paradise. We hope you will join us for Monday. We're going to have a new Digging Deeper. There's a bunch of crazy stuff that's going to be in that. I believe we're going to have some clips of an ex-producer who went on a podcast and talked about kind of some of the manipulation tactics uh, as well as some other... I think there's a Vial clip in there. Um, at any rate, join us for that. If you would, we would appreciate it. And before we go, as always, what is that Dwabat? It's been 7,900 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Dark Lord Palmer. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then 